You know something, Renee? In the history of weddings, there is one constant, and that is there's always the hot bridesmaid. This is the girl that is clearly head and shoulders above the bride in attractiveness. She commands the attention. All of the guy's eyes are on her. Some girls know this, and they game the system in that some brides will load their bridesmaid squads full of fatties and fuglies so that they look better by contrast, because they know those high-definition pictures that cost $2,000 are forever. Crystal is not as smart, and we see she, or ABC, helps her commit a tactical error in that she brings in voluntarily Angela. As we see her saunter down the aisle, all eyes on her. Wow. What did you think of that? Saunter is definitely the correct word. I think she knew. It was pretty outstanding. I think it was very, very noticeable. Yeah, some people have called it her revenge body, as that she was slim, fit, and looking hella fine. A little more than a revenge body. I, I think maybe there was some face work done, possibly. At the very minimum, some lip filler, some filler around the eyes. She looked fantastic, but... Uh, I will say Chris only seemed to have eyes for Crystal, so there's your there's your fairy tale explanation. <laughs> Hello, Bachelor Nation. Welcome to Pillow Talk from the Fantasy Suite. This isn't the kind of pillow talk you may be thinking of. This is Fantasy Suite Pillow Talk, where we dish dirt and discuss all things Bachelor. We're your hosts, Mark and Renee, just two friends who like to chat weekly about the happenings on Bachelor Franchise TV. So go ahead and eavesdrop in on our conversation. Episode seven and eight are in the book. We've got women dropping in during episode seven, starting with Tajwan and then followed by Haley Ferguson, half of the twins. Both of them go on dates with John Paul Jones. And then we quickly go to the rose ceremony and the roses are doled out as follows. Jamie gives hers to Christian, Dylan to Hannah Mike to Sydney, Dean to Kaylin, Blake's goes to Christina, Derek's goes to Tasha, and we'll find out the order of operations here is very key. John Paul Jones gives his to Haley, and finally, Chris B. gives his, after much deliberation, to Katie, which sends the following three going home. Caitlin... Tajwan and Jen. And our episode ends with Dean pulling Kaylin aside quickly for a chat. And we pick up episode eight with this chat. We find out that Dean has realized that he cannot get to where Kaylin is in the relationship. So he ejects and immediately leaves. Also, we find out that JPJ has a little more invested in Tasha and has a meltdown. We move to the Crystal and Goose wedding where we see Bachelor alum reunited and we have the arrival of Connor. The aforementioned Angela makes her entrance as a bridesmaid and probably upstages Crystal a little bit. JPJ, after the nuptials, goes after Derek with both guns blazing Then we find out there's a private party for only the sexy people, invite only. And we'll get into that invite list and what was behind that. Then we see Clay and Angela have a chat while Taysha acts the role of a spy, no doubt bringing information back to Nicole later on. Kaylin and Connor connect and later have a down and dirty painting date. Back at Paradise, we do see... Part two of JPJ and Derek, and the sparks are still flying there. 
Wow. That's a lot of stuff, but it seemed like this episode had a lot of nothing. Wouldn't you say that, Renee? Yes, a lot of filler this week. Definitely some interesting parts. Do you want to you want to start with Dean's little chat with Kaylin on her birthday, no less? Yeah, he organizes the happy birthday yeah. celebration. He's doing this whole thing the entire time in paradise where he's kind of faking her out that he's going to go on a date with another girl or pull away from the relationship. And every time he's come back and said, no, I'm here for you. We, you know, we're good. That Dean dazzling smile. He reassures her. But this time it is the ultimate. This has got to end because we could do this for two more weeks. You would get that much more into me over two weeks. And I'm still not going to offer you the long term relationship that you seek. So I'm just going to do its best for both of us and pull the plug on this thing right now and get in the van and head back to the States. Mother Oprah has taught us over and over again to trust your intuition. And Kaylin said multiple times that she just was waiting for Dean to break her heart. And he did exactly that as expected. Nobody was surprised. Nobody was shocked. I don't even think Kalen was surprised or shocked. You had to have seen it. He lives in a van. (laughs) But love doesn't cost any money. Oh, well, I don't know that Kalen's version of love involves raising a family in a van. Well, hold on. She did turn 24. So, you know, she, TikTok, she, has, a, she has a limited clock here to, to get her <laughs> her life plan into action or she'll just be some old hag who nobody wants. Yep. But you did notice there was some foreshadowing of this when she was going all high on Dean to Wells and Demi. And they both tried to temper her expectations and bring her down to earth on Dean because Wells has seen this act before, and they they try to get her head out of the clouds a little bit and say, hey, Dean is Dean, and a fuckboy does is a fuckboy does. That's so right. she didn't listen. This is what happened. The, the quote I take from this whole breakup was, he was going to be my forever. Okay, well, so was Blake, like a hot two weeks ago. So maybe your picker's broken. You keep choosing these guys who have done so many things to raise red flags and to tip you off to the fact that it's not going to end the way you want it to end. Then you act all butthurt when it ends exactly the way everybody knows it's going to. So you got you to get your mind right, girl. Yeah, for, for a really hot chick, she's got some self-confidence issues that I've seen from Colton season to Paradise. She just seems very unsure like she's waiting for the rejection that she has this like negative slant on things that she knows misery is going to befall her at some point. I don't get it. She's got some serious issues. Well, but okay. And I'll say this much, you know, we talk a lot of shit about Cam (laughs) for what it's worth. Blake is a fuck boy and has (laughs) shown time and time again that he is. And she is trying to put her eggs in that basket. No pun intended. Um, And then he breaks your heart. Cam is paying you attention. And say what you want about Cam. Cam knows where he stands. Cam knows that in any sort of alternate universe, he's not going to land a girl of that caliber. If there's a guy out there who's not going to break your heart, it's a Cam. But she doesn't want anything to do with Cam until after she got that rose so she could stick around long enough to get attached to the next fuckboy in line. So if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and smells like a duck. Hey, I'm thinking it's a duck. Yeah, but but even before the breakup, Dean tried to sort of grease the tracks for this because he pulled her aside earlier and said, I'm not the long-term relationship guy that, yeah, I don't want to go to dinner parties. I don't want to be that domesticated dude. He's pretty much, I want to have fun and I'm having fun with you right now. But, you know, if you're thinking settling down, that's not me. But then he gave her just enough hope to every woman's going to think, oh, I can change him. I can just give me some time. I will win him over and I will convert him to the guy that I want him to be. She just latched onto that hope and it burned her. I mean, here's the deal. If you need the guy who lives in a van to tell you that he's not the dinner party type, then I think maybe you're just not paying attention very well. Yeah. Or you don't want to pay attention to the facts. You want to stay in make-believe land and pretend everything's cheery, rosy. And that 
things will just naturally come your way. And that's just not the real world, especially not the bachelor world. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, let's face it. We're going to get into that later. But the the heartbreak, as real as it may have seemed, lasted a very, very short amount of time when she set her sights on her next target. I don't know how terribly I feel about it because I don't know that she was genuinely as into him as the way she seemed. Yeah, she got off the mat really quickly. Oh, yeah. I mean, those tears dried in an instant. The second one day. Uh, yeah. yeah. She mourned for 12 hours. And that was all oh, I mean, not it wasn't even that long. I don't think she's standing at the wedding crying about how she doesn't even know how she can be here because <laughs> this is the last place in the world she wants to be because she's so heartbroken. And then like in the next breath, she's asking, who was it, Raven or Tia? I think it was Tia, maybe. How do I look? How do I look? Connor's yeah. here. Oh, do I look okay? So, no, I'm not buying it. Do you think she thought it was a sob story of enough proportion to warrant a bachelorette run, possibly? Mm, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Since Colton's season, Kaylin is a manipulator. She will do whatever it takes to spin whatever situation in her favor. And she did it with the Blake situation. We saw the mm-hmm. text. And, oh, yes. You know, oh, hey, yes. I mean, as, as shitty of a thing it is to share personal text, it definitely did not paint her in a good light. And she had just prior to those texts being released. We were all feeling so bad for Kaylin because look what Blake did to her. And she's so upset and she's crying. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's more to the story than that. I feel like she's. She is willing to do whatever it takes. She's her own PR person. I agree. I I think that is the key is she works the angle for the camera in her own best self interests and to spend the Dean breakup as woe is me. But now Connor's here. So hell, I can make get some more FaceTime on the camera and maybe work something else out. I think any camera time to her is good camera time. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, There's no she, such thing as, as bad attention. And I'll say right. this much. This format that they're using with Bachelor in Paradise does not do her any favors because had the episode with Dean basically dumping her gone down and then we had a whole week before we got the wedding episode where she is putting on for Connor, I feel like maybe it would not be so obvious. But when you're watching it, all in one episode or two episodes back to back, however it plays out. It's like, man, that was quick. Where do you want to go next? I don't know. Do you want to talk about JPJ and I, all of I this do. And, drama and was, this week? Let's go through the evolution of JPJ from this week. JPJ became the new Hannah G. He Everybody did. wanted a little piece of JPJ this he, week. He was the it guy for the, the two yeah. new arrivals. And we'll start with Tajwan, where we pick up with, JPJ's dietary weirdness and that he can't eat or drink anything without hurling or coughing. I can just, tell you this. If JPJ was my kid with all that theatrics at the table, I think I'd be like, stop it. You stop it. That is enough. Quit acting like that. Because it seems all very, if you had that much of an issue, then you need to see some sort of specialist because that is not yeah. normal for a grown man to yeah. have that much issue with simple things like the only chicken. thing he could eat is chicken nuggets if it isn't yeah. besides chicken nuggets he goes ballistic tacos and okay i'll have tajwan's back whatever the hell that food volcano was it looked nasty well it looked like it had been sitting out since yes paradise yes. last year <laughs> yes like it, was, it was like it was already decomposing i commend him for being adventurous and taking a bite but he knows no, his sensitive stomach he knows it's sensitive I, exactly what i was gonna say yeah. no you know you have these issues don't yes. don't be a hero just wait and have some chicken nuggets when you get back to the beach they do somewhat skinny dipping i saw the black square come over tajuan's crotch area yeah, so i could not tell if that was a situation where she didn't have a swimsuit on under her clothes so she was getting in and her That's underwear what I That's I, what that I was thought. what i yes. initially thought but then yeah. later on the beach she mentioned swimming naked and he did not correct her so I do feel like it, it deserves uh, a mention how Taisha before Tajwan appeared with the date card for JPJ was very much encouraging him to 
to see other people. So let's keep that in mind as we talk about this, because that was definitely the thing that got the ball rolling. I don't think that if she hadn't said that, that he would have accepted a date from Tajwan. Yeah, absolutely. So the date with Haley. Now, Haley is a what a repeat from Ben Higgins season. I think she's been to yeah. Paradise as well. Yeah, both twins were in Paradise both twins together. Were in Paradise. And I, yeah. We've never seen one at a time. So. Yeah, and they put that prank on one of the guys to see who could, if he could tell them apart from each other. Right, right. But, you know, just, just seeing those two together, I was thinking if JPJ and Haley Ferguson have offspring, those children would have negative IQs. And they're <laughs> Brain power is so weak, and they are both so stupid. Bless their hearts. Seriously, bless their hearts. Haley looks like she's aged five years. It's only been a few years since we last saw her. Did you see that as well? Like, she looks haggard a little bit for being, what, 26, 25? I can't say that I noticed it, although it was always in the back of my mind that she's been around a while, so she must be a tad older. I don't. I think that she could have her pick of just about any guy on that beach. I think any of sure. even even some of the guys that were in like supposed solid relationships, I think maybe would have given pause over a date with Haley. She's got a um a reputation that precedes her. I'm honestly shocked that JPJ was the guy that she went for. And maybe she banged around stagecoach as well the last few years. Who knows? Oh god. Who's already Every been person with that, that not, arrives, but... I'm like, oh hope you weren't at stagecoach. She's, she didn't seem as bubbly, didn't seem as fun. The one thing I remember from the date, obviously, is JBJ getting those hands in some suntan lotion and getting on those ass cheeks. But other than that, it was just a nondescript date that I was happy when it was over. I didn't get a lot of chemistry from them. I didn't get now, a lot of chemistry with him and Tajwan. Then again, I don't see a lot of chemistry with him and Taisha. I have a hard time really seeing chemistry with jpj and anybody because everything's just like dude yeah what's up man like he's exhausting to watch i do not get the appeal at all he is yes definitely a step above living in a van but he only eats chicken nuggets he gags and almost throws up every time he puts anything other than a chicken nugget in his mouth and he talks like the turtle from finding nemo i just i don't see it so during this date with with Haley and JPJ, we get flashes back to paradise and the meltdown for Tajwan is in full effect. We just keep getting these images and these scenes where she starts off in the what is now known as the cam swing of rejection where you know she's moping around, feeling sorry for herself. We get crying and screaming and whining and she's hearing shit. And she's plowing a big bowl of noodles in the pool, which I thought was awesome. And she's hot. It's so hot. hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Get the medics out here. Check my blood pressure. Oh, can you bring me some guacamole guacamole. and chips? (laughs) Because that helps. That's a first aid kit thing. Yeah, we got bandages and antibiotics. And oh, I know. Guacamole and chips. That cures everything. So right, right. That was an interesting filler, like you said. They're just trying to fill it yeah. with garbage. Oh, you're dehydrated. Get... Here, go have Wells fix you a alcoholic beverage. They really, you know, in true Bachelor Nation fashion, they totally made it seem like somebody was leaving in an ambulance, circa Evan Bass, uh, a few years yep. ago. Yeah. Uh, and then it, all it was was just kind of a weird. She's just super high maintenance man from the standpoint that a none of us know who the hell you are i could not have even told i mean could you imagine colton going on a 101 date with her oh it would have been awesome i mean what fresh hell is it who cast this girl on colton season who cast this girl in paradise like are we just picking up any rando from like whatever college campus somewhere to be on the bachelor I was like, dear God, if she does not stop whining about the heat, if you're hot, get in the fucking swimming pool, get in the ocean. She finally I don't did. know what to tell she, you. She finally got in that pool and, and chilled out. But the fact that she was probably there all of 24 hours, she did get a lot of camera time. Like she made yeah, it like through a whole the whole episode. Yeah. So <laughs> she can hang her hat on that. Like I wasn't there very long, but I got a crap, a crap ton more footage than like Wills or Kevin got. And they were there yeah. for days. 
Yeah. So uh, hey, and she did also handle it really well when uh, John Paul Jones asked her what nationality her name oh, was. Gosh. Juan. He's like, oh, what what country is that from? Uh, Mexico. <laughs> Freaking idiot. We were all. That was awesome. We're all dumber now for watching that conversation we take totally place. We totally are. Yes. We'll never get those five minutes back in our lives. So. Once that all settled down, the Taj misery sort of faded to the background. We got a little bit of look at uh, Caitlin, Blake, and Christina. Do you notice when Blake has awkward news or bad news, he doesn't make eye contact with anybody? Like, he sits and he looks almost the opposite direction to the ground when he's talking to people. It's very weird. And And this is when he went like, oh, right now you're getting my rose, Caitlin. Christina comes in, chat, chat, chat. It's not going to happen, Caitlin. <laughs> so once just, again, once again, Christina is the puppet master. Hats oh, totally. off to Christina. Christina plays this game and plays it well. Perfectly. She they got, need she to put her on one of those shows like Big Brother. I say she takes the whole prize. Totally. Hey, have you ever wondered with the show format, why the fuck is there a cocktail party when the entire goddamn show is a big beachside cocktail party? Oh, yeah, exactly. I think it's the the production's way of saying, okay, guys, if you're going to have drama, have it now in this concise time period. Yeah, go change your clothes into something pseudo date ish. Come back, meet Chris Harrison, who's in a, you know, always his little sport coat, blazer, and some khakis. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's the, the whole thing is an open bar mingling session why do you need a specific cocktail hour or cocktail party to decide now we have conversations just struck me as odd yeah well you know chris wants to get more mileage out of his old miss tailgate finest (laughs) that's right oxford so did you like the fact that colton got blasted by two of his girls for bad kissing Uh, three girls three girls was three i I got well yeah because they brought it up who, who else was it uh, no, it was oh, it was Demi. Okay, that was Demi. Was Demi and Sydney, Sydney and then and they Tay- brought Tasha into yep, it. Yep, yep, okay. And she fessed up also. So I would love Becca's take on this, too. Yeah. You know, or, how, uh, what's her face that he ended up with? Cassie's not going to roll Cassie, on that. Cassie, that's what it was, yeah. But maybe Hannah B. will. Oh, I bet she will. That's amazing. Colton's probably watching this going, what the? Keep my name out your mouth. I was good to y'all. Y'all wouldn't be on TV right now if it wasn't for me. You know? Uh-huh. He was the access point for all of this. So, yep. I don't know. So, that's, um, that's funny. I should check his Twitter and see if he responded to any of that. So, meanwhile, uh, JPJ is dating it up with uh, the Tajwanian devil, as I like to call her. <laughs> and and also with Haley. We did see a little bit of Tasha and Derek kind of testing the waters with each other, which kind of brings us around to the uh, John Paul Jones, Derek situation there. Yeah. And that opened up the episode seven, right? After the whole Demi Christian stole the show in episode six, you know, we open episode seven. They show Derek literally being buried in sand. I eat metaphor. His, his time <laughs> is over. But then you see Tasha. And Christina talking very bullishly about Derek's stock, right? He's now becoming attractive. They're both kind of talking him up to each other as potential suitors slash rose giver outer persons. Derek's stock is rising and Tasha's taking notice of it. This is a perfect time, I think, to go into the JPJ situation where he hit it off with Tasha really well and then sort of faded a little bit and then of course the two dates didn't help get them reconnected but at some point jbj wakes up and realizes that derek's a threat probably when derek gave the rose out to Tasha. now he's like wait a second why is derek sniffing around that looking for something uh, well, I think Tasha probably realized i cannot bring this buffoon home to my daddy but he was like, so intelligent. She oh, said multiple no. times, JPJ is very intelligent. Yeah. She had to assure America he that. thou dost protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> was she just saying it because she wanted to believe it? I is, think she did. I just, really <laughs> do. I think she did. After the whole thing, who was she kind of halfway hooking up with before? Or she was trying to get with Blake, and then that 
that didn't work out because he was with everybody else. I, you know, I think she was happy to have somebody paying her some attention. And I, yeah, think, I, she, agree. I think she really wanted him to be so, so smart. But you can wish in one hand and shit in the other. JPJ yeah. is not smart. Sorry. Yeah. I hate to break that news to you. I think that she did realize, like, I can't bring this guy. I mean, look, even if he is smart, I, who do, what do I know? You know, maybe he is like some sort of closeted genius, but he still sounds like an idiot and he can't eat anything other than a chicken nugget. So I am thinking that Tasha's daddy that was on her little intro while she was packing for paradise and telling her to make good decisions. While I would definitely pay money to see John Paul Jones sitting at that dinner table with Tasha's daddy. Oh I do not think that that would go over very well. I think he would try to reuse the line that he dropped on Taisha saying that Taisha reminded him of Beyonce. And I'm pretty sure Beyonce is the only famous black woman JPJ knows. Yes. And so that's his go-to. No matter who it is, uh, you look like uh, like Beyonce. You're like beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't think I don't think Taisha's dad's going to buy that line. And no. I think that Taisha realizes that there can be no future with John Paul Jones. And she if she is going to take home anyone from paradise, it needs to be someone that is serious and can talk the talk and walk the walk. And I think that Derek is. By all accounts, that guy, although I also feel a little bit like Derek might have some of that Kalen manipulation in him. I don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm not 100 percent sold that Derek is this poor, sweet, innocent, broken hearted fella that they're making him out to be. Yeah. And we'll definitely hit on that when we talk about the, the confrontation, we can call it with JPJ and yes, Derek at the wedding. How unclassy was that? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, very very unclassy. And JPJ just didn't have his timing right. He tried to work a conversation with Taisha while sitting in the chairs, you know, in the general audience for the wedding. That's not the time to open up a dialogue on how do you feel about me? You shouldn't you shouldn't go for Derek because he's trouble, right? That's just you can't right. have a conversation in that scene. And the fact that Taisha shut him down. Well, shut the conversation down because it was not the right time or place. He gets butthurt, and that's when he goes, okay, I'm going all in on getting Derek out of the picture. So he's not one to wait. Of course, he he breaks bro code in revealing conversations that he and Derek had. But being blown away by the concept of, wow, somebody who's been on The Bachelor is going to exploit his fame to get laid by members of his fan group or his groupies. Like, how is this like such a alien foreign concept to JPJ? Well, not to mention, hey, at least he's doing something to exploit his fame, like a podcast that actually requires a little bit of work on his part and not just posting sexy pictures of himself holding whatever product of the week that he is endorsing. You're hitting on my girl Hannah G with that little blast. I didn't say a word. Love Hannah G's Instagram. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's like, yes, JPJ, people who go on TV get famous. People who are famous get laid by hot chicks. That's the way of the world, man. Like, how do you not know this by now? Of course, now, like every 21 year old girl with braces who still lives at home with her parents is seeing this and saying, <gasps> You mean there's a chance? <laughs> Let me slide, his slide on into those DMs. Slide the DMs, be like, bam. Hey, at this point, it's a lottery system. His inbox is probably overflowing. Oh, so Yeah, he's taking numbers like a butcher. That's know? right. Now serving 68. All right, get in line. But, you know, he did very much act like, what? I never said that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think anybody believed that for one second. I bet he pitched the idea of the podcast. Hey, be my guest on a podcast. He's like, no, bro. That means I have to like talk and sound smart and stuff. And then Derek had to grease it up a little bit by saying, dude, this will raise your Instagram followers. Your groupie size will inflate. You'll get laid three times as much as right now as a way of bringing them in. It's like, it was probably a selling point, but JPJ took it as, dude, you're doing all this. You're a horrible person, which does he believe that or not? I don't know. Well, and since when is John Paul Jones the moral compass 
of hey, anything. I mean, he's been looking for a wife since he was 18. Okay. So he says, but you know, I kind of find that a little hard to believe too. Who the fuck is looking for a wife at 18? I don't think John Paul Jones is looking for a wife at whatever the fuck age he is now. It's six years. He's 24. It was like, what? Is this like the main goal of your life in your late teenage years is to find the wife? Yeah, really? No. Go home, John Paul Jones. You're drunk. Exactly. Like you're, you're selling this a little too hard. I was very shocked that Demi did not rush to Derek's defense a little more strongly when John Paul Jones was bragging on him like that. Where was Demi? He, he was doing it to her. JPJ was railing on Derek to a table full of people that Demi was sitting at twice. Oh, once at the wedding and once back at, at the bar. Back at yeah. the bar. Yeah, at the Wells bar. Yeah, okay, yeah. I remember that. Okay, all I saw at the wedding was Tasha going and hiding and crying and sobbing and, eh, they're fighting over me, blah. Oh, no. I hate it so much. Oh, my God, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> She, she pulled in a coal there. Yeah, totally. Totally was she was getting a little tingly. In her pinata. Absolutely. Yeah, they say I hate this, I hate this. I love it inside. <laughs> yeah. Love being fought over. Who wouldn't? I mean, who that's a that's a huge boost to an ego. Well, and then of course when they're back at the beat, it, it did get really stupid because Derek said it and it's true, like JPJ, you're just monologuing. Like you're not you're just you're railing and you're not giving me a chance to speak or defend myself or anything like that. Blah blah blah. And then he walked away, which is just it's a shitty way to fight. Like if you want to fight, if you want to have it out, like have it out, but both sides get to talk. Although when Derek said, I had no idea that you were interested in Tasha, it was like, Okay, Derek, like we've been buying what you're selling so far, but I think maybe this is you're taking it too far. Don't play that dumb. Everybody knows that he was interested in Tasha and even well, two girls. Uh, oh, did y'all know that JPJ and Tasha were interested in one another? And they were like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so one note on possible Derek defense. He was very wrapped up in Demi this whole time when JPJ and Tasha were hitting it off. So he might have had blinders on and was yeah. only, you know, he was so isolated from the rest of the group. I don't see Derek being chummy and really interacting. He was all on Demi when he wasn't with Demi. Who knows what he was doing? Off on the beach, bumming? I don't know. Maybe he didn't see it, but he probably would have heard about it within the last 12 hours. It's not that somebody. big of a beach. It's You're not right. that big of a resort. There's not that many people there. Do not for one second think that everybody doesn't know everybody else's business. Yeah, somebody's probably making out in the hot tub and somebody's in the pool. And they're probably in a line of sight or something. So. You're right. More than likely, Derek. Not to knew. mention, there's a lot of hours to fill. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of hours to fill where you don't have jack shit to do. Yeah, and if JPJ was so into Tasha, he should have approached Derek right at that rose ceremony and be like, hey, dude, was that just a friendship rose? What was that? Because I've got the hots for Tasha and I've got plans for that. Where was he then, right? Because as, as far as JPJ knew, two girls weren't coming in. So at the time of the rose ceremony, it would have been the ideal situation for him to discern what Derek is really up to with that rose. Totally but let's bungled. Let's not forget also that Tasha was working the Derek angle even before all this. She not to not to be the crazy feminist, but let's remind ourselves that she gets a say in this also, and she is no longer interested in JPJ the way that she was originally. She was having discussions with some of the other ladies about what do you think about Derek? Maybe I should try to pursue something with Derek. So she kind of already had that, had her sights set on that. So I don't, I don't think it was a situation where John Paul Jones is going to go to Derek and say, Hey, why'd you give her that rose? What's going on there? He obviously didn't know that she had been talking with Derek. Yeah. And that implies intelligence and wisdom on JPJ's part, which we know he doesn't have. So we keep applying these normal human tendencies to JPJ. And we have to give him beginner books and training wheels to interact with the rest of society. So any more to burn on JPJ and Derek? It was it's like watching millennials and Gen Zs fight. A lot of posturing, a lot of shouting, no dialogue. This whole let me respond, you won't let me respond, blah blah blah. I, I couldn't take it. It was horrible. 
Yeah, and I think it's going to be a little bit more of that before it's over with. I don't think we're going to see any real shots fired or punches thrown or a testosterone-fueled pinata fight like what we saw with Christian and Jordan. I think it's going to be a lot more of, of just the he said, he said, and dude, don't insult my intelligence. Which doesn't from, exist. <laughs> no, bless his heart. JPJ calling Derek a frat boy, such an epic cutdown. Because I picture JPJ as some like University of San Diego surfer pro frat boy. He is the poster child frat boy, shell necklaces, collar popped up in his pink polo. Like, he, and I he, love he, that his catchphrase is now "Do not insult my intelligence." <laughs> Somebody is slamming that on T-shirts and mugs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hashtag do not insult my yeah. intelligence. It's a Twitter meme by now. It's going to be thrown around all over the Internet. So good for JPJ. He made some hay. He's got some mementos now. So are we ready to transition? Yeah. Let's talk about Clay and Nicole and Hot well, Rides Made number one. Let's back it up a little bit because – Look who stuck around, I mean, got sent home and came back for the wedding, being Annalise, who was the very first person to call out Clay for not being ready for Paradise, given the recency with Angela. So it turns out Annalise is getting a little bit of uh, validation and vindication here for what she said, based on what we see transpire. Do you think they flew her back to the States or they said, you know what? We got this wedding in five days. We're just going to stash you in a hotel somewhere and you can just chill. Um, I think it stands to reason that if she is as close to Angela as what she said she was, and Angela is as close to Crystal to be made a bridesmaid, mm-hmm. then they probably all are in a pretty tight circle and she would have been at the wedding anyway. So I, I'm not seeing much scandal there because to me it makes sense for her to be there. Her dress was horrible. She was horrible. She looked like she had slept on her hair. The hair was still bad, but we saw that in Paradise. Yeah. But, like, like get, oh. she has a hot body. Why does she wear a hot dress? You know who she should try to get with? Who? John Paul Jones. Oh, Rob the Cradle, huh? Crazy Annalise and John Paul Jones. Yeah, I don't really go for cougars. Uh. Uh, I'm shipping it, though. I'm shipping it. <laughs> but she would laugh at all his jokes. She would flash oh those curly whites. She would she be enamored by him. She love anyone who loves her. <laughs> Here's your chance, John Paul Jones. I bet she will learn 75 classic new takes on chicken nuggets just for you. Yeah, definitely. So seeing Annalise has got to get Clay a little bit on edge, right? Oh, I'm Because sure. he's now thinking, well, she just spilled the goods on everything I've done in Paradise back to Angela immediately, right? So now I'm off guard. I don't know what Angela knows. And then she saunters down the aisle, and you can see on the slow-mo – he scopes that ass from bottom to top when she passes by. And the look on his face is like, damn, I oh, fucked up. Oh, and she up. had quite the smirk. Oh, yeah, she did. Quite the smirk going down the aisle. And you know what? Nicole's a beautiful girl, but she got nothing on Angela. No, no. Nicole is fighting way out of her weight class against Angela. Yeah. And let's face it. Let's face it, right? Clay's fucked them both, okay? He's taking the Pepsi challenge. He knows Angela's better. Just knows it. Flat out. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, why would he be questioning? You gotta be pretty certain of how you feel to out of the blue end an eight month long relationship where you've been together long enough that you've discussed purchasing a home and having children and that sort of thing. For a guy to end that so certainly the way that he did, now whether that had anything to do with an invitation to paradise or not, you've got to be pretty sure about what you want to do. And I don't know. I don't know that he thinks that she's the one, but I think maybe he wanted to see if the grass was greener on the other side. And maybe now he realizes it may not be. In between the vows and the final sit down with Angela and Clay, we have this invite only table where the producers cleverly separate Nicole and Clay. That was some shady shit. Nicole gets shipped back. And Tasha's left, and Tasha's very interested in stirring the pot on this one, right? Forcing the issue between Clay and Nicole. She's in Nicole's ear, telling her, egging her on to go get the final say with Clay. But among others, you know, Clay sticks behind, and he doesn't get to talk to Angela immediately, right? She sweats him out for a few hours, and then finally graces him 
with her presence. They go outside and have a seat. And then, as you mentioned, we talk about why it ended. And it seemed to me, I watched this twice. I didn't get to the clear root cause failure of the relationship. It sounded like I didn't make a pro team. Therefore, I wanted to reevaluate my life options and pull back a little bit and find myself and, you know, yada, yada. But why does that mean you should terminate a love connection, right? It seems like you'd want to go into that more. Uh, Well, I don't know. I mean, like I said, this could have had some, this could have all gone down. You got to figure. So around the time he would have been finding out that he didn't make a pro team would have been around the time that ABC was staffing the Bachelor in Paradise cast. So, you know, you got to figure if everything went down with him not getting on an NFL team and he's already feeling insecure and feeling like he doesn't know which way to go with his life. I mean, I don't know what he, I don't know if he finished college or he's got any sort of marketable skills aside from the whole football thing uh, and being on reality television. So it could be a situation where he kind of had that oh shit moment. Like, all right, I didn't make a team. I'm being invited to go on Bachelor in Paradise. I can't go on the show if I'm seeing someone seriously. So being that I have no other real career options, maybe that's my best course of action. That's the best explanation I could possibly think of. Makes the most sense. Because in a vacuum, in a normal world, when you're facing instability, you find the one thing that's stable in your life and you try to build upon that. Normally, that's your love interest, your relationships. So Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I don't, I don't think that, you know, had he never been on The Bachelor, had he never been part of this whole reality TV world and he got cut from the NFL team, I think he would have leaned on her and they would have had this come to Jesus where they tried to figure out like what his career options were and and that sort of thing. I don't see him leaving her if this other invitation didn't come and and give him. Yeah, because that gives you a career outlet, too. Right. On top of possibly finding another love interest. If nothing else, it buys you time to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. And possibly open some doors because now you've been on television. You should pull uh, Jed and say, hey, (laughs) this is going to be good for our careers if you let me go on the show. We'll still date in the background and not tell anybody. Uh -uh. Hot hot girl like Angela is not going to go for that. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could trade trade Angela for a chance at fame and a career on t- but then again I don't know what sort of desperation state he was in so it just was a was a piss poor explanation of why they had to end it and by the end of the conversation he's got his hand right on her thigh Did you see that yeah and I also noticed how she said very little holy she shit was, she, didn't she, have to. she gave him just enough rope to hang himself that fucking look she gave, I wanted to apologize to her and say, I'm sorry, what what, what are we going to do to make this right? I was entranced by that look. I'm like, damn, she's got that move down pat. Yep. So, ooh, yeah. She can do better. She can do better. Oh, she, she can definitely do better. Nicole. Yeah. So. Because you know what? I think that her, you know, had he dumped her and gone to paradise and he's striking out in paradise and he's not really feeling a connection with anybody and nothing's really going to come of it. I could see her maybe possibly opening the door to talk about forgiveness and maybe getting back together when this is over with. But the fact that he went to paradise and immediately got coupled the hell up, their relationship wasn't even completely finished, I feel like, before he was already coupled up with Nicole. I agree. Man, that's a bad situation. I mean, he's well, got and he liked to talk like when he got there, he liked to talk like, you know, I'm really I really just came here because I don't know what I want and I'm not sure if I'm ready to find love and blah blah blah. Just got out of a long relationship. Psh, that lasted two seconds. He might be more homeless than Dean. Who knows? <laughs> Everybody we're cracking on Dean for living in a van. We don't know what this guy's doing for money. Yeah. It will be very interesting to see how that all plays out. And uh, naturally, the producers will not let this be the end of Angela. Uh, She will resurface. The drama, the now love triangle of Nicole, Clay, and Angela will be probably in primary focus next week. So anything else we want to hit on before we close? Uh, I mean, we didn't really discuss Kaylin and Connor's date, although I don't know that there's all that much to discuss. No, um, it's down you know, it was a run of the mill. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this how many times before? Yeah. Um, I do think it is just Kaylin with the goo goo eyes at Connor after literally 
seconds before having goo goo eyes over Dean after literally only seconds before having goo goo eyes over Blake. I'm not buying it. I'm over her. Connor, I think, is at least with the way he talks, JPJ 2.0. I do think Connor's probably a little smarter, but the way he talks is just as annoying. I would say incrementally smarter. I haven't witnessed it over Hannah's season. Of course, we didn't see much of him because he kind of faded up that whole chicken soup date with Hannah B. Yeah, yeah. He kind of got to the back of the line because the other, the front four made themselves known. I got vibes of Hannah B and Tyler with this date, as in it's purely sexual chemistry. Is there any substance, any conversation behind it that would propagate you know, a, a deeper connection. Again, this is initial impression. We need to see more of them. I mean, uh, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that I find it sometimes, not always, but sometimes difficult with some of these people to imagine any scenario where they're having some sort of deep connection with anything because everybody seems so shallow and vapid and Uh, Not everybody, but, you know, many of them, I'm just like, you know, I'm not seeing any kind of deep connection because I don't truly know if at this point in their lives they're capable of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to not to rag on it. Look, we all love it. It is super entertaining and it keeps us coming back week after week. So, you know, not to not to go bashing on anybody. But sometimes when you ask me questions like, you know, do you see them having any real connection i struggle with that in my brain i'm like no not with each other but probably not with anybody else either so this is as good a chance as any here's a burning question for you not to backtrack all the way to dean and kaylin but do you think they banged probably you think so because we're not we're not getting boom boom room footage anymore uh we're getting no, kind of we're getting like, morning after we're getting the morning after yeah. rolling out of the rack we saw clay and nicole a few times we saw Dylan and Hannah, and of course, Demi and Christian, which I don't know what they did, but whatever they can do. I mean, it's paradise. You're on a beach vacation. It's a bunch of single people. I got to think that there's probably a lot of physicality going down. I mean, these are all consenting adults, so there's no reason to think that they're not exploring things. It's not like you need an engraved invitation with a key to the fantasy suite to hook up with somebody. Pretty much. Uh, you know, especially in paradise, I feel like the, the rules are a lot looser here. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm thinking probably so, especially after uh, Blake's released text message from her where she said she was interested in sex. Nothing more. Nothing I'll, less. Yeah, I was going to go to that. Like, it's got to yeah. be equivalent. If, if you're willing to give it up for one night at Stagecoach, if you spend three nights with a guy at paradise, you're at least fucking one or two times. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm there's sure. got to be. Some exchange system there. So. You got to take advantage of the bed while you got it, because you know once you get back to reality, it's probably not as easy to do in the back of a van. So we see on the teasers from next week, we see the return of Angela to Paradise as an actual member of Paradise. Uh, we see possibly a porn stashless Dean yes. returning yep. to profess sure. his love for Kaylin. That is horrible. Wow. He's going to shave the stash, come back. I was really wrong. I, I made a mistake, and you know, I hope we could pick up where we left Look, off. You can't be mad at Dean being Dean. This is who he is. This is where this he lives. This is exactly who he is. This yeah. is his natural habitat is to fuck with girls' minds, leave wreckage behind, get yeah. them all spun up, and then the next crop doesn't learn from the previous crop, and they go, oh, I'll give you a chance, Dean. You're a cute guy, even though – What's with his teeth? It's like he's got eight front teeth all at the same level. (laughs) Wall of teeth when he smiles. None of them curl back in his mouth. There's no natural curvature to his upper bite. It's just like eight teeth all level, just wide. You know, like I feel like something changed, though, because I don't feel like he used to look like that when he was younger. And I don't know if it's the hair or the teeth. Maybe he got veneers. I don't know if it's the must. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I feel like when we were first introduced to him as a contestant on The Bachelorette, that he was this like cute, wholesome looking, clean cut kind of guy who has like slowly morphed into this (laughs) gross, skeezy, like, 
like your pervy uncle who wants you to sit on his lap kind of guy. Like, yeah, it's the greasy hair and the mustache. But yeah, yeah. you're right. He had, he had this wholesome boy bander from 2000. Yeah. Now he look. looks like a used car salesman. Yeah, Uncle Rico. He's got a little Uncle Rico oh, in him now. Yeah, a little, little bit of Uncle Rico past his heyday. Just need a polyester suit. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if Dean can uh, make his mark in paradise yet again. I, I wonder what Chris Harrison's going to say when he returns. It's like, Dean, you just left. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no mustache, I see. Oh, boy. So we will take it all in stride again next week. I do want to give some feedback out there to our listeners. I've heard some comments that the Wushka web player is not as friendly as iTunes or Spotify. We will be moving to those two platforms when we do our bachelor season. So this is sort of a, a test environment. So bear with us. We know the player has got its fault. It doesn't remember where you left off, et cetera, et cetera. But we will be going again to both uh, Apple, iTunes, and Spotify through Wushka when we go live on the Bachelor, which can we can we let it out of the bag? Should we let it out I of the mean, bag? I mean, it's not like it hasn't been pretty publicly uh, released. Very, very publicly teased slash released from Reality Steve. That will be Pilot Pete will be our bachelor this fall. So booze, yays, it doesn't matter. We'll watch. We'll break it all down for you. Yes, and, uh, and also please submit to us via social media what you think the theme song will be for Pilot Pete. I mean, they've already used On the Wings of Love. So what other flight-based songs might we see? We got Fly Like an Eagle, but the eagle is I Daniel from I Canada. Yeah, it'll be some sky high something. The wind beneath my wings. Can you take me higher? Yeah, I, I feel like there's there's a lot of good stuff out here. The cheesier, the better. Oh, it'd be horrible. It's going to be horrible. So we will see what type of woman Pilot Pete attracts to his debut. But until then, we're going to close up Paradise here. I think well, we got maybe one, maybe two more weeks of this. Yeah, it can't be much longer. Yeah, it's very short after Labor Day. It usually wraps up uh, season. So. Yeah, Uncle Chris is going to be coming around soon saying, you know, if you haven't made a connection yet, now's the time to do so. Yep, so we're, we're all systems go for a spicy conclusion. So stick with us. We'll break it all down. And thank you very much for listening, everybody out there. Let us know what you think on the Facebook page. Anything else? Uh, quick shout out to uh, Bachelor in Paradise cast member Katie. I just read the other day that she went to LSU. Uh, All right. Got so, a fight yeah. tiger. Go, go Tigers. There's a fighting tiger in the crowd. I wonder if her and Cam. I love her even more. Did, did her and Cam talk any shit about football while they were both there? Aw, nobody from Texas A&M is going to talk shit to somebody. <laughs> Especially not Cam. All right. We'll see you all next week. All right.